Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, yeah. Better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Friday edition of the show, here to conclude the March edition of our predictive mock draft with picks 21 through 32. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hello, sir. It's Friday. just want to be clear what day it was before we got started here. I nailed it. I want to make sure we really hammer it home so that uh, there's no there's no doubts. Leave no doubt, as they say. Yeah, nobody. Well, I guess if you have a Monday through Friday job, you're off tomorrow. So uh, could you imagine me saying Thursday? People thinking it's Thursday, ruining their whole thing, going to work on a Saturday. Be terrible. No, I can't. Can't Be terrible. Can't Be terrible. imagine it all. Um, Do we need so, to recap what's happened thus far? Okay, yeah, you do the first we pro- 10. We then, probably should. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you I'll do, do the, the first, first 10. 10. Yeah. All right, so begrudgingly took Kyler Murray, number one to Arizona, Nick Bosa, two to San Francisco, uh, Jawan Taylor, three to the Jets, Josh Allen, four to the Raiders, Quinn and Williams, five to the Bucks, Montez Sweat, six to the Giants, DK Metcalf, seven to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Devin White to the Lions, Christian Wilkins to the Bills, and Devin Bush, to the Broncos. 11, Drew Locke to the Bengals. 12, Brian Burns to the Packers. 13, Jonah Williams to the Dolphins. 14, Ed Oliver to the Falcons. 15, Daniel Jones to the Redskins. Sorry, guys. 16, Rashawn Gary to the Panthers. 17, Dwayne Haskins to the Giants. Cody Ford, 18, to the Vikings. Garrett Bradbury, 19, to the Titans. Greedy Williams, 20, to the Steelers. And now the Seattle Seahawks are on the clock. We got 12 picks to make, Joe. Oh. I'm on the clock for the Seahawks, and I have some exciting options at my disposal here. So I'm looking up and down the board. But there's a player that stands out to me, Joe. You know who this could possibly oh, be? I know, I know exactly who you're picking. Yeah, who's that? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. You are absolutely right. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, safety, nickel defender, going from Florida to the Seattle Seahawks. Really love, you know, a a team that has really had some difference makers in the secondary, and they've made this overhaul over the course of the last couple years and now losing Earl Thomas. And that's not to say Chauncey Garner-Johnson's going to fulfill the same role as what you would get with Earl Thomas, but at the same time, he's a difference maker in the secondary all the same. He's very, very versatile. Uh, can play man coverage in the nickel. He can roam around the shallows. You can walk him up on the edge and blitz him off the edge. He's really effective doing that. And he's got the athletic ability to be an effective back end guy as well. Yeah, that's secondary, dude. It's <laughs> something else in, in Seattle after it being like their identity for like a long time. It is it is needing to be reworked. And CJ, CGJ is a good pick. Uh, I have the Baltimore Ravens at number 22. And I've got a young quarterback in Lamar Jackson that I'm not too excited about who he's throwing the football to in terms of his wide receivers. I mean, I like Willie Sneed as much as the next guy. And Jordan Lasley's okay. 
but we need a dude. We need a guy that Lamar can really trust to work the football to. You you saw the best uh, the best versions of Lamar at Louisville when things were clicking be him, between him and Jalen Jalen Smith. And we're not so taking Jalen Smith. <laughs> I just realized as I started saying that, that I might've steered people in the wrong direction. <laughs> he did have a way better 40 time than I ever imagined from him. But uh, no, I think that the, the receiver I'm going to pair him with here at number 22 is Baltimore native. Hakeem Butler from Iowa state. Um, really tall, really athletic, can go up and get the football. He can block, man. There were some reps on tape where that dude was just like, he, he was blocking like you would expect a guy of his size to do. Just were literally just tossing dudes around. Um, and I think that he gives more value in the short and intermediate areas that maybe he gets credit for as well as, as a vertical receiving skill set. Now the big concern with Hakeem is that he, he he's got to share a drop. Some really, some really frustrating concentration drops at times that are annoying. And, you know, look, there's some build up speed there, but, I think that Butler would be the right type of, of player to come in and give Lamar a guy that he can just trust to make plays in the ball. And that's what uh, Baltimore needs. Yeah, I've really warmed on this pick, Joe. You know, we fought this for a while and we talked about separation versus size. And I've gone back and watched Akeem like three times. Really? The first time I came away, I was like, the, the drops are frustrating. I don't think he addresses the ball all that well when he's square to the football. And he didn't do a great job in the games that I watched getting off press coverage. And I watched more and more and more. And it's like, okay, well, he doesn't get off press coverage really well. But then you watch him at the catch point making some of these body adjustments that he's making. And it's that's not to suggest that he's a tight athlete. It's not to say he can't get better in that area. And he can't get better addressing the football because obviously he's got some great catches on Phil. So... I've kind of come around on the upside of him. That's something I'm trying to be more of this year than any other year, because in past years, it's really got me in trouble. You know, you watch a guy, you, you write him down and you say, okay, you know, I watched him. I saw what I saw. This is, this is my grade. But um, having so many great minds in the same room with the draft network and being exposed to you guys and, you know, I still do my due process and I still watch these players and then, I talked to John. John came away. I think John's got Hakeem Butler in the top 20. Yep. And uh, so that was really a catalyst for me to say, okay, let's go back and, and just try and watch Hakeem two more games with an open mind. And uh, kind of saw some of the things that John had referenced and made some small adjustments. I'm not overhauling my grade or anything like that. I still don't have Hakeem Butler as like a top three wide receiver in this class, but I've come around on the the player and what he presents and I'm a little bit warmer on this pick than I was the last time we did one of these, Joe, and I we literally fought about like, no, he needs Hollywood Brown, a guy that can separate. Well, now Hollywood's not going to the first <laughs> round, period. And it's a different style of player, but I still like it for Baltimore. More than I did last month. Houston Texans on the clock at 23. This is the easiest pick I will make all day. Andre Dillard is still on the board. Andre Dillard is going to be the new starting left tackle for the Houston Texans. Um, they took some raw upside guys and Dillard's a guy that has a little bit of rawness with his hands. I feel like especially, uh, but the way he frame block frames blocks is really, really effective. I, I like that component of his game. And if he has that level of mastery in a single part of his game, what's to say as he's asked to do different kinds of pass sets that he won't continue to flesh out those other pieces of his game as well. So Andre Dillard, elite athlete for the position, but really just comes down to, does he have baseline strength? Can he get better at his areas of concern, which for me is his hands? 
and he has really great footwork. Those things all check boxes. Going to take him for Houston. Yeah, nice to see Brian Gain is now awake and uh, doing something. Making some moves. Are we sure he doesn't believe in Sean Terrell Henderson and uh, and Julian Davenport? They they said they would like Sean Terrell to be the starting right guy this year. I know. I was at that press conference. Julian, get out of here. And he was like, Julian Davenport in year three, he's ready. I'm like, oh, my God. What are we doing, brother? 62 sacks? Come on now. (laughs) Um, All right. So I've got the – Oakland Raiders, number 24. Uh, Needs on top of needs, players on top of players. Um, But I think there's a player here that I just don't think he can slide any further. And I'm talking about TJ Hawkinson, tight end from Iowa. Um, They got another pick here at 27, and I'm going to trust my my co-general manager that makes a pick at that time to get get a certain player. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and snatch up the tight end there. They just lost Jared Cook, who it felt like it was inevitable that he was always going to sign with the Saints. And so now Jared Cook's gone. And you saw how important he was for that offense. And maybe they're not a one-for-one stylistic, but you get a really good blocker in TJ Hawkinson, and you have a, a dynamic receiver as well, a guy that I think gives you some physical components, wins after the catch, and still has that seam-busting ability as well. So um, Kyle probably would have went Fant, but I'm making this pick, and I'm going Hawkinson. I don't hate it. You know, I know you're top hate 15 it, players for me. So uh, Philadelphia Eagles now on the clock with the 25th overall pick. And I am Joe conflicted. I'm conflicted with. A, you all right over there? What was yeah, that? It was a little ice in my cup. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, is it a red solo cup? Uh, no, it's just a pink plastic cup. Yep. It sounds like a noisy cup. It's got ice in it, man. I'm conflicted between team needs and value of a player. And um, I'm looking at a couple names here for the Eagles. I'm looking at Nasir Adderley, safety from Delaware. I'm looking at Josh Jacobs, running back from Alabama. Not really in love with any of these offensive tackles that's on the board for what the Eagles like to do especially because they need a, a, a pure left tackle. They want to keep Lane Johnson on the right side there and get ready for Jason Peters' departure. Um, I'm going to give them Josh Jacobs, Joe. Eagles snatching up Josh Jacobs, Joshua Jacobs, who came out and ran 4-6 uh, flat in the 40, and everybody lost their minds. Who cares? It's fine. It's a fine it's time. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. I guarantee you, if you're standing – directly in front of Josh Jacobs and he's running four, six with his thighs that are as big around as my shoulders. You're not going to want to get in the way. That's the kind of player that he is. He's a physical, angry runner. And um, I'm not going to mitigate his skills because he ran four, six. I think the Eagles are one of the few teams that could realistically draft a running back. We're surprised by one of these running backs in the first round, almost every year at this point, you know, there was a while where it was like, Oh, his first round running backs are dead. And then we had the big push. And then last year was Saquon Barkley. And then Rashad Penny went in the 20s. And Sony Michelle. So, Sony Michelle went 20. Whatever the Patriots pick was. Yeah. No, he was late. He no, was he, they, they had two, right? Or did they take Isaiah Wynn? They, they took, took Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn first. first. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, here we are. Philadelphia Eagles checking a box and a need they're, they're operating within their winning window right now they need to have players that are 
able to have this offense click on all cylinders. So I'm going to have him take Josh Jacobs. All right, I've got the Indianapolis Colts here, and I did Locked On Colts uh, yesterday. So check out the fabulous work there as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can hear me talk very specifically about the Colts' needs. And um, one thing that Chris Ballard hasn't been shy about is making it known that he's in the market for a pass rusher. And I'm going to pull the rug out from underneath the Oakland Raiders here who pick at number 27. And I'm going to get the pass rusher. Maybe I should have had them take it 24. And we're going to go with Cleveland Farrell from Clemson here, um, who I think would fit very well. How would you put that pressure on me to make that pick if you were just going to make it before I even got on the board with the you Raiders? No, I forgot that That's I was not also fair. I also forgot I was the general manager of the Colts as well. This is hard. Wearing a lot of hats here, Kyle. And I got to take care of the team at hand, which is the Colts. And we're going to give them – my dogs are excited for the pick. The male's here, evidently, but we're Lots going Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, Matt Aberfliss, 4-3 system. I think that he's tailor-made for that. Obviously, you know, you don't think about Farrell as the most yeah. dynamic athlete as an edge rusher, but he's super technical. He's long, knows how to use his hands, and I think he'd be uh, very much fitting the bill in terms of what, what the uh, Colts are looking for at a, as a pass rusher on the edge. Okay. So, now we're at a juncture for the Raiders – where you've boxed me in. Now, we we had the Raiders taking Josh Allen at four. You still want a Cleveland Farrell? I forgot about that as well. Not a great, oh, not a great comprehensive GM, you know? You, you, really... you and your pink cup and your noisy dogs are just too much to handle. <laughs> at least I knew what day of the week it was, Kyle. What day is it? Friday, well, it was technically Thursday, but tomorrow's Friday when this launches. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> You're on top of your game, man. It's good. So the Raiders have picked Josh Allen – and TJ Hawkinson. So as we look over the board, they just dra- or they just traded for Antonio Brown. So it kind of mitigates the pressing need to take maybe a Nikhil Harry. Uh, so it, it makes me more lukewarm on that kind of pick. I'm looking at these other positions of need listed for the Raiders. We have corner, linebacker, interior offensive line. Looking at the players available, the talent available. I'm going to go with a corner here, Joe, but it's not the corner you're probably expecting in Byron Murphy. Because the the NFL has this bad habit of letting small corners fall further than they should and us getting upset and angry about it. And I would not be surprised to see Byron be a little bit of a victim of this and slide a little later than we think he should go. So who's the pick? Georgia corner DeAndre Baker. Oh, Gross. Really good ball skills. He's not going to be a great turn-and-run guy unless you have him inside the contact window to play bump coverage and then get in guys' hip pockets and play in phase. I know there's some questions about DeAndre uh, regarding uh, some, some work ethic and attitude questions, but the Raiders are a team that's always kind of been more friendly to those kinds of players. They <laughs> It just traded for Antonio Brown, who has some attitude questions of his own. And uh, Baker's physical. He's a good tackler. His effort issues don't arise on the football field. He plays hard. So I'm going to fill a need here with a player that I think Joe will be surprised how early he does go in the draft with oh, Yonder Baker. Really? You want to do want to do a bet on this one? Baker and Conley. You think Baker sent me the over under on DeAndre Baker? Oh boy, we have to look at the early second round. 
I'll, I'll give it to you by the end of the podcast. All right. Let I'm me up. do some research while you're picking uh, Dexter Lawrence for the Chargers. Uh, I'm not picking Dexter Lawrence for the Chargers. You they, fool. You fool. Well, I got a, something else in mind uh, as the general manager of the Chargers right now being predicted. Is it a pink, pink cup with ice? No, I'm looking at a pink cup with ice, but uh, it's not who I'm picking for the Chargers. Uh, I'm not crazy what we got going over here at right tackle here for the, the Chargers with Sam Tevy. Actually, the whole right side of this line of Schofield and Tevy is something that I don't really like. I'd love to see Forrest Lamp win that right guard job and um, put him next to Pouncey. But uh, I think that one of the key things in preserving Phil Rivers here and you know, and you know Anthony Lynn wants to run the ball, is making sure that this this front five is solidified. And the guy that I think really can fit and, and really upgrade this offensive line immediately is Dalton Risner from Kansas State, who you know I think he can play four or five positions on the offensive line. I'm fine with him at right tackle. He's going to give them some nasty uh, and also really give them some pass-blocking security there on the right side there where in that division where you've got you, know, you got guys like Von Miller coming off the edge, and uh, well, I guess nobody in Kansas City anymore, or or Oakland. Now we got uh, Josh Allen here based on this draft, but um, I just feel like it's important for them to get this offensive line right to really be the team they want to be offensively and make sure that Philip Rivers is protected here at the back end of his career. So for me, I want to go with the offensive line, even though defensive tackles a need. They did just sign Darius Phylon back, and I think they gave Brandon Mebane a, a, an extension. So well, Corey legit's up after the season and or no he's up right now so there's that or so yeah I, I don't know if it's as big of a need as possible they gave they gave Phylon like five a year so um I'm gonna go with the offensive lineman here in, in Dalton Risner okay Kansas City Chiefs on the clock Joe you know what the Kansas City Chiefs need defense defense and if there's a team that's okay with small corners it's Kansas City Chiefs, so I'm going to go ahead and end this slide for Byron Murphy that I set the table for. <laughs> right now, Kansas City Chiefs, um, one of their starting corners last year, Steven Nelson, is another guy that's n- not overly uh, large as far as his stature. And Byron Murphy is a much more quick-footed player, reactive player, sticky player than a Steven Nelson. So if they were willing to roll with a guy like Steven Nelson, that tells me this is a team that's okay with having guys that don't necessarily meet X, Y, and Z thresholds from a size perspective to play. And Murphy can ball. So that really, really helps. Of course, uh, the trade of D Ford puts some pressure on the edge situation. But right now we're looking at edges, Chase Winovich and Ja'Kai Polite. And I'm sorry, you can give me Byron Murphy 10 times out of 10 over both of those guys. Uh, that's That's a great pick for Kansas City. If that were to happen, um, I have the Green Bay Packers, number 30, who have had an aggressive offseason uh, so far in free agency. Not really used to this much activity in Green Bay and big moves to get some pass rushers and Zadarius and Preston Smith. Adrian Amos was a wonderful pickup at safety. I thought they had a big need at right guard and they gave some pretty good money to Billy Turner to, to be that guy. And so what I think they've done, it, it, and obviously they, we, got, we gave him Brian Burns in this draft at 12. So with their second pick in the first round, Noah Fant, the tight end. Um, I feel like this is that X factor that we've so long wanted for Aaron Rodgers. They've really never had a guy that really got on the same page with with Rodgers and gave them that 
dynamic presence as a receiver at tight end. And I feel like Fant can do that right away. I know they've got Mercedes Lewis and Jimmy Graham already in the, in the fray there, but you know, who's the long-term guy and, and who can give them some a spark right now. And I think they get both of those things with Fant. And uh, I think Green Bay's done well to set themselves up to take an X-Factor player like Fant and uh, would be great value here at this point in the first round. Yeah, it's great value. And I'm on the clock now with the LA Rams at 31. And Joe, this is this is a challenging board to look at for the Rams because the Rams have somehow managed to continue to uh, build on their roster despite having a lot of expensive players. <laughs> and they just keep bringing guys back. And so I'm looking up and down the needs list here. I'm looking up and down the available talents and I'm really lukewarm on a lot of the options here. Their listed needs edge linebacker corner. There is not a linebacker worth taking at 31. I am sorry, Mac Wilson. The dream is over. Um, I will not slot you in this spot. Uh, ran four, seven and, um, geez, I'm really struggling here, Joe. You have any names that flash to you? I'm gonna phone a friend here. I've well, got I th- one, but yeah. I, I, I got one, but I, I want to hear if you have any names yourself. For me, for me, if I was thinking about this, I'd be thinking cornerback, just because I think uh, mm-hmm. Peters and Talib are both up after this year. And for for the Rams, the way that the roster is built, I think attacking premium positions is always going to be important. I think they're always right. going to sign guys every year. Get used to it. They're going to sign guys like Weddle and Clay Matthews, guys like that that become available. That give them, you know, a veteran that is looking to, yeah, exactly. And really that wants to extend their career for a contender. Like I think they're always going to go after those types of players, but is in terms of this, this corner situation beyond this year, like they need to have something in place. And so guys like Justin Lane, Amari, Amari O. Yeah. I mean, those are the guys I'd think about. Justin Lane's the one that's flashing at me. So I'll go ahead and pull the trigger. You did a nice job kind of setting the table. I know this was not your pick, but uh, your analysis is spot on. So. Justin Lane it is. So I get to pick for the Patriots, and there are some options here. And there's a big part of me that I saw, and I'm not going to take credit for this. I saw Lance Zerline for NFL.com. He put out mock draft on uh, on the 21st, which was Thursday, and it had the Patriots taking Jeffrey Simmons. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's the most Patriot thing of all time. And I was like behind that and I was about to do it. And I'm thinking to myself, can they really do that? Can, like as much as I, I think Belichick does want to be mindful of the, of the future, you kind of have this, this window. You don't closed. care anymore. Yeah. This, this window's got to be closing down a little bit here. And so you've got to get a guy that can help you in 2019, in my opinion. And I think, you know, obviously two big losses on the defensive line with Malcolm Brown, who's been a starter for them as well as Trey Flowers. No, they, Tillery, they were Tillery, able to get Michael Tillery, Bennett back. Tillery, 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 and I'm going to go with Tillery there. You, you, yeah. <laughs> you, did, you did that uh, well, yesterday like four times and it didn't work, but uh, this time it did. So getting that defensive tackle that I think has immediate impact upside. And, you know, I, I like Tillery a lot. I thought he had good senior season, really put it all together, like his traits. He tested well. And I think he can really step in and be a, be a guy that they need in the middle there because right now they're going to roll with like, was it Lawrence Guy and Adam Butler? Like, nah, dude, that ain't going to be your your D tackles right. on a good defense. So, uh, give me give me Tillery here. 
Okay, so looking over the board, we have three players that were in our predictive, the TDN big, predictive big board inside the top 32 that were not picked. Nikhil Harry, A.J. Brown, Nasir Adderley. Any of those names surprise you more than the others? Adderley, maybe. Um, but I, I think you and I, as we get deeper in this class, I think we're more comfortable with some of the, maybe the day two safeties. And because of that, you know, you, you think about addressing that later if you have to get a safety. To me, I guess. Um, I'm The challenge, I mean, for get, extending a little bit beyond that, like the other thing for New England instead of Tillery, if they're going to go defensive tackle, is Dexter Lawrence, who I think was kind of like definitely in play for this consideration as well. Okay, so now it's time to talk to Andre Baker. All right. I'm going to set the over under at 32 and a half. Do you think he's a first round pick? So what's super hard about this is like, we know the NFL takes cornerbacks high, right? And there's not a lot of really quality cornerback prospects in this draft. And right. Like the only one that did not go in the first round of our mock is probably Amani L. Yeah. Maybe Julian love. It's so weird to me. Um, do you think that Amani O goes in the first round? I do not think Amani O will go in the first round, though. The thing about Baker is that he tested bad. He's he a little didn't test bad, though. What he, he he's in the thirty seventh percentile for forty, twenty sixth percentile for broad, and forty third percentile for bench. That's the only three thing he did. Not even the fifty percentile for anything he did. People thought he was going to run four six. He ran four five flat at his pro day. Four. He ran four five two at the combine. I know what he ran at the combine. I mean, the best thing about Baker's postseason is that he measured better than I thought. He's 5'11", 193 yeah. with thirty two inch arms. The the thirty two inch arms are big. But here's the thing: like multiple different people that I trust have really said some concerning things about his type of attitude, his work ethic, his he just doesn't train. Okay. That's not my. That's not my point, though. Yeah, but no. The point did is that, that did that did that stop Robert Kendiche from going in the top twenty-five? Man, it's different. I think that teams are are not going to want to like. He's not that good. Where I'm going to overlook serious concerns about him as a person. So you're taking the over on thirty-two and a half. It should be. I should take that. That's, that's not the that's not the question. Is should you? The well, question is, are you? The only th- you? the only thing that the only thing that makes me think otherwise is that the NFL loves cornerbacks and he has good tape. And look at these look at these teams in the back end that need a corner. Right. I mean, it's you set the Oakland. appropriate odds. Oakland, Kansas City, the Rams, the Patriots always take defensive backs. You don't have to take the bet. I'm just I'm, that's what I would set the I mean, over under. I, I, I think I've made it clear that it's a difficult bet for me. He should not be one of the first 32 picks in the draft. Okay, so then you don't want to take the bet. That's fine. I mean, I'll take the bet in terms of. I'm not putting anything on it. I'll tell you that. No, okay, then then we're not. <laughs> I want conviction if you're going to take no, the bet. No, no, so no yeah, you, you can't if, do it. Yeah, then you're out. Yeah. So I set a good odds there. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Okay, folks, let us know if you think. <laughs> Dunder Baker will go in the top 32 picks. You can tweet at us. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I'm at Grinding Tape. Thanks, as always, for carving out some time to listen to the Draft Dudes podcast. We hope you guys have a great, great weekend. Enjoy the AAF games, and uh, we will catch up with you all again on Monday. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.